Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo! The T stands for... Thirsty. No, no, no. I was, I was going to try to just make a, a, a really bad pun. but it's oh, okay. it's gonna be like, The T stands for postseason baseball. Yeah, that's a bad pun. No doubt about yeah, it. it is, who cares? <laughs> There's a T in post. Post. <laughs> post-season <laughs> baseball. Stands for... Tense, maybe? Uh, it could it's be. postseason. Tight. Be. You know who I'm glad's not here right now is our friend Logan Lowry. He'd be really mad. My shirt's tucked in. Yeah. I got, I got a polo he'd on. He'd be making fun of you. Corporate Brian would be happening. All right. Thanks, you guys, for listening, however you're listening to us, wherever you're listening to us from. Hopefully some of you guys, I would imagine some of you guys are listening to us in the car. You're on the way to Starkville, Mississippi right now, postseason baseball about to start. I mean, it, literally, depending on what time of the morning you're listening, only a couple hours away maybe from first pitch. You may be driving to the game as we speak. No better way to drive to the game than with the dulcet tones of Brian Hayden and Joel T. Coleman. And if you enjoy this a lot and you're like, man, that was a great show, we'll be sitting there waiting on you when you get there. Yeah. I'd be glad to sign an autograph. I don't know about you. you know, take a I'll picture, sign just about anything. Do. Won't be worth a darn. But. No, it'd be completely <laughs> useless. <laughs> if that's... You know, I want to. We're gonna let me get this little bit out of the way, but I want to go back to this because I, I was talking to my wife about something like this. Okay. So hold on. I want to talk about our, you know, our, our great service men and women out there. We always appreciate you guys listening wherever you are. And look, just real quick, uh, I don't know if you guys have been. I don't know if you guys listen to Sports Talk Mississippi, but if you are one of our great service men and women out there, or if you're one of our first responders, firemen, police officers, uh, they're doing some stuff uh, with uh, with that for for our North Mississippi Ford dealers, and they they want to share y'all's story. So look. Uh, Listen to the Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll give you a lot more information on that. And you can, you know, if you've if you got somebody in your life who's a, a soldier serving overseas and you want to tell us to tell their story, we'll be happy to do it. So check us out over there at Sports Talk Mississippi. Get that information from your North Mississippi Ford dealers. Uh, and also, of course, our great sponsor here on the show. Uh, i got a funny story about Strange Fruit Coffeehouse. So he made a refrigerator Perry joke after the Re- Reggie Perry news, right? Yes. And I just didn't say anything. And I'll tell you why in a moment. And then he asked me today, he's like, why haven't you made a comment on my refrigerator Perry joke? And I just DM'd him. And I was like, because he's dead. <laughs> and so he Shane Googles it. He's like, you're wrong. He's not dead. I had thought refrigerator Perry was dead for years. I thought he had been dead. He's not dead. Still kicking. So a shout out to refrigerator Perry, wherever you are. I'm glad he's still alive. That guy was a big part of my childhood. Who didn't love the fridge? <laughs> No, that's not what I wanted to make you laugh about. So, so my wife and I, we were eating at a local restaurant, and the Thunder and Lightning ESPN SEC storage was on. Yeah. And so she, my wife was trying to explain to my kids who what Will Clark and Rafael Palmero are, and, I, and she said, if, if Rafael Palmero walked in, I'd probably want to get an autograph. And I said, what year is it? Who gets an autograph anymore? You get a selfie. You get a picture with the person. Yeah. Who gets an, So I ask you, famous – Chipper Jones walks in right now. Are we getting an autograph or are we getting a picture? You you don't have to ask me. Yeah. I can point you back to last Fred season McGriff. at Duty Noble Field, and Fred McGriff was in attendance. Yes, he was. And I hunted the man down. Um, I, I have never seen he, Joel. When I told him Fred McGriff was in the stadium, <laughs> his ears perked up like a dog. Like you know, when a dog hears like a here like we'll go for a walk, and the ears perk up. He was just like, "What?" And I said, "Fred McGriff is here." We did. We saw. Somebody tweeted it. He's, he's here. And yeah, Hobie. Hobie had tweeted Yeah, and you like put your bag down like, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> that we came back, picture in hand, like an hour later. So, yeah. so yeah. yes. No autograph. Auto- autographs are a thing of the past, I think. Nobody wants the autograph. Unless, 
I, I would want memorabilia autographed. Yeah. But, like, I'm just going to rip out a sheet of paper real quick and sign. No, no, no. Give me a picture. Always. Yep. Uh, yeah, always. Selfie. All right. Probably some selfies being taken this weekend at Duty Noble Field. Probably quite a few of them. Uh, because it is postseason baseball back at MSU for the first time since 2016. Uh, State, as we know, we've talked about it up and down. We got some new information today. Let's start with the uh, – we had some, some of our – a couple of our what-ifs may have been answered. So let's, let's, let's do that. Let's start with Elijah McNamee. Back, but how back? Do you expect to see him in the field this weekend? Chris Lamonis did not 100% commit to anything. Judging by the way that Lamonis talked, and he talked of how good he looked, of how good Elijah McNamee looked, and he talked of how uh, his recovery had gone even better than expected. But he also talked about how they were going to be cautious. Him using that word cautious makes me think that at the very least, he's going to DH. You know, him him talking about the way that he talked made me feel like he's going to be in the lineup. But I would personally be surprised if at least on Friday today, as as you're probably listening, it, I'd be surprised if he's in the field. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, he was in the outfield some for practice, and um, you know, looked good there and, and and things. So I mean, I wouldn't just be floored if he's in right field. But I do think that. Particularly in this first game on Friday, you just go ahead and let him DH and get his feet back under him a little bit. See how he feels. Let him get some, I mean, literally get his feet back under him a little bit. See how he feels. Get his timing. Let him just worry about getting his timing back at the plate for a game kind of deal. And then if he's feeling good, you know, on Saturday, you know, he's played a full game again as a DH, ran the bases. At least you hope he's ran the bases. You hope he gets on base a time or two. Yeah. And he's feeling good. Maybe you put him in right field on Saturday. Uh, that might be what you. What you're looking for, a, a double. And how does he run a double yeah. out? If he, yeah. And if he runs, he slides in the second, he gets up, and he's clapping and he's happy, then maybe on Saturday you're seeing him in right field. And, and the thing is, too, I mean, if they're going to put him in the lineup, I mean, shoot, I think if you're going to send him to the plate, even if it's a pinch hit appearance, at some point over the last week, and, I mean, we hadn't specifically asked this question or anything, but, I mean, you have to assume he has sprinted out of the box and, and, and tested it, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it's not like he's going to hit one in the gap yeah, he's, on Friday. First, and time, like, he's, first well, time he's run. It's been three weeks. Let's Crap. see if I can do it. Got to run. Ah. <laughs> I mean, they're not just going to run him out there unless they're pretty confident yeah. that he's good. So um, the the thing that might would suck, or it wouldn't might suck, it would suck, is if he fouls a ball or something off that foot. Yeah, it's going to hurt. I, I would hope that he's going to wear some kind of guard or something. I would imagine that's over probably that going to happen. Yeah. Um, um, give me your batting order with him back. Is he plugging right back in and clean up, or what are we doing here? Uh, I think I might. Yeah. I mean, just put put push everybody back down. I mean, so then, so then we're going Mangum, Jordan, Allen, Allen McNamee, Foscue, Skelton. Skelton Westberg, Hatcher, or whoever's in right, Gilbert. Yeah, I will say this: right. that's a scary lineup if they're all hitting. There ain't oh no, yeah, ain't nobody beating that team. That's all. If they're all hitting, oh, if I mean, if this team, Brian, if this team clicks on all cylinders, they're going to win a national they're championship. Win a national championship. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I feel like if you know, and these, these are we did the what if scenarios the other day, but the what if that we didn't do was what if every bullpen arm is on point in the next couple of weeks and every bat is, is, you know, swinging it at least okay. And, of course, Ethan keeps doing what he's done and 
JT looks more like the first half of the year JT. Not that he was bad in the second part of the year, but I think everyone would admit that his first half of the season was better than the second half of the season. If everyone is clicking on, you know, at the top of their game, man, I don't think there's a team in the country that can can beat Mississippi State. I, I just I'll be shocked, you know, if this team is clicking on all cylinders and someone's just clicking a little bit better. That's for sure. So, um yeah, I, I think you're right. That's a scary, scary lineup. That said, Mack wasn't exactly ripping the cover off the ball when he when he got out of the lineup, you know, when he got hurt. And you have Westberg, who is in about a six- or seven-week just awful funk where his batting average has dropped 91 points. You got Jake Mangum, who is, I looked today, I think four for his last 35. It's like a 114 batting average in his last seven games. I mean, you know that you got some guys there that hadn't been clicking, but I do think that it's going to be, it's going to be great. I think for these guys to have had a full week off um, from game action. I know they've been taking some swings and practicing and things, but it's going to be really interesting to see if if they come out renewed and refreshed. Yeah. Tomorrow, today, today, today no, as you today as you listen. Well, you know I'm gonna put this up early, okay. or late Thursday night. Uh, whenever we get done, it's actually sort of late as we're here. It's nine o'clock. Um, yeah, the the, the magnum adds that extra layer of 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 juice for like not to mention that you know numbers are one thing, but magnum in the postseason is like peanut butter and jelly. I mean, th- this is his time to shine, you know, and I fully expect that to happen. Nobody has a knack for the big for the big hack, yeah, like Mac. Yeah, I mean, and, and, help and, you out with that branding there. I mean, he's a guy that. Particularly after how he has developed that reputation being Big Hit Mac. I mean, even if he's not 100%. We're not going with Big Hack Mac? I'm trying, I, I to, like, help, I'm trying to help you. I like Big Hack Mac, but no one no one else. I'm trying to help. We that. can build that out from this show. All right. On Thunder and Lightning, if nowhere else, he's Big Hack Mac. That's right. Um, you know, it, that reputation, even if he's not clicking on all cylinders, you best believe in that opposing dugout if he is to come to the plate in a big situation. Baseball's a game where sometimes you pitch to the reputation more than the actual hitter. Um, and, and I think that's a case where if he comes up in a key spot, you know, even if he's not hitting the ball well, that pitcher is going to kind of be – he's going to be aware of what Elijah McNamee's reputation is and what Elijah McNamee did a year ago. And, and uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to, to, to see him pitched awfully carefully, maybe works out a walk in a key spot kind of deal because they don't want to give him anything to hit knowing his reputation – I just think he he becomes a presence in that lineup just by him being there. That's why I think you just slot him right back in at cleanup. Right. It's just well, I can buy it. just because of the reputation thing, and and you know, I, I mean, if he goes out there on on Friday and he hits four times and strikes out four times, maybe you do something different Saturday if he just looks off. Yeah, but I I would be shocked if that was the case. I would know? too. Speaking of surprising things. Let's talk about the pitching rotation and JT again going to the front of the of the line here. How surprised were you to hear that he would be? I, I know we had talked yesterday that it seemed like Lawrence might be leaning that way, but there still had to be a, a good bit of wow, that's actually going to happen. Yeah, you know the more I the more I think about this deal, though, the more sense it makes. I agree with you, but talk through it. Um, I, I, several of you out there that. Avid listeners of the show and Twitter followers and things have, have mentioned Thunderbolts this. Thunderbolts and lightning things. heads. That's right. We, we have to focus on our branding. We here. very much appreciate every single one of you. Oh, yeah. But several of you have pointed this out that, you know, if you hold JT Ginn and he doesn't pitch until Sunday, 
I mean, assuming you get past the regional, I mean, you you, you might be pitching him on short rest in the Super. Yeah. And JT, you know, is a guy that I think State would prefer him to either pitch on his regular rest or maybe have an extra day of rest kind of deal as opposed to, you know, shortening his rest. So I, I think from that standpoint, uh, looking ahead, it's a good move. You know, you, you, you give him that extra day of rest. I think it's a good move from the standpoint of JT. I just mentioned a minute ago, the second half of his season hadn't been as good as the first half. I mean, not no, that no it, question. Not, no not, question. That it, not that it's been bad, but it just it hadn't been well, as he good. Well, he was right up until the LSU game, he was completely dominant. Yeah. And then he sort of slowed down a little bit. And I know. What you expect from a freshman? A freshman, he hadn't pitched as many innings under this much stress. And I know he had the arm soreness deal and, you know, all of that. And. This is an opportunity against a, a SWAC opponent that, let's be real, they can hit, but you're better than them. This gives him an opportunity to come out and, you know, hopefully just show out and, and shut them down for six or seven innings and build confidence going into what you hope is a Super Regional here next weekend. Uh, not that not that I think JT's confidence is shaken. I mean, you've talked to him too. He's not a dude that really seems like he, he lacks for Man, confidence. Man, that guy is... I don't know if cool's the right word, but when you talk to him, he he already carries himself like a I think a big league. Yeah. I've never, and I've never interviewed a major league baseball player. But he carries himself like I think one would in that I'm unflappable. I know that my game is good. Yeah, yeah. And even so though, it would still be good for him, I think, to to just post six zeros or something like that yeah. tomorrow. And it doesn't have to be that good, you know, just Six six or seven solid innings, a run or two kind of deal, and just really, really be in control, I guess, more than anything. Just be in control of the game. Not not have any innings where you have to labor or anything like that. Just just be in control of the, the full game. I think that would be good for him just to, to build confidence. And, oh, by the way, while you and I, I think, were on the full bore on the Peyton Plumley needs to start Friday train, mm-hmm. when you just look at, you know, the last half of the season or so, I haven't crunched the numbers, but in my mind, Peyton's been about as good as JT the been last, fantastic. last half of the year. Yeah, no question about so that. So I don't think you're losing much of anything uh, on Sunday when, when when Peyton Plumlee goes out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the more I think it out and talk it out to myself in my head, that it makes a lot of sense to go with JT. You know, I still think that if I was making the call, I ultimately probably would have went with Peyton Plumley, um, and, and just seen what happened, mm-hmm. uh, kind of deal. But it's tough for me to say that starting JT is the wrong call. The only wrong call I think that that Chris Lamonis could have made would have been starting Ethan Small. Yeah, I, now that would have been the is, wrong call. Is there a scenario? I don't think that there is, but I'm gonna ask you, where after four innings, State's up twelve. Is there a run rule? No, not okay. regional. Not right. unless I'm badly mistaken, okay. but I'm pretty sure it's so not. So state's up twelve nothing after four. Gin's thrown he's been really good. He's thrown thirty eight pitches. Is there a scenario where you're like, let's get him out? And that you that way you could bring him back for Sunday relief? Or is he a guy that you don't want to you don't want to do that with? Or do you try to get as many innings out of him as you can? I don't so think that you, you you don't use any bullpen. I don't think you'd see him on Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you may see him on a Monday. A Monday if he got, got there. Yeah. But it, and it kind of depends too. I mean, like if he's gone, like you just said, four innings and on thirty-eight pitches or something. I think they'd send him out there in the fifth and let him see if he get through a quick fifth to get the win. <laughs> kind yeah, of, kind of I deal. guess you're right. But 
I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think if you get a big early lead, it, maybe you do pull him after five so that maybe he could give you an inning on Monday, an inning or two, if he had to kind of thing. Um, that's it. I, maybe an indictment on me, Brian, for being a bad reporter or something, but I, I just I wonder still if they're not going to be a little bit cautious with doing that kind of thing because of the arm soreness deal earlier in the year. You know, Are you really going to let him pitch four that's, or five that's innings it. and bring him back a couple like, of days Like if this later, was small like, going – I would be like, I think he would be okay because he's a veteran. He knows how to. But with 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 JT and what happened earlier, I don't think you can do it. It's just a I question. Mean, I would you're dealing ask. with a guy here that that gave up two point four million dollars to come to Mississippi State. You don't want to like ruin his arm. No, no, no. <laughs> so there there would have been. I'm telling you right now, State could have lost forty games this year, and it wouldn't have been as detrimental to the program as ruining JT Gens arm. Because I mean, that would have ended any chance for elite recruiting, almost. I think, but it didn't, and it didn't. Um, so again, Small is the guy on Saturday, no matter who plays. I think go, going back, I want to go back there just a second. Yeah, like if State had made a decision that had, I mean, if he's just in a, the course of a normal start, something popped in his arm. God forbid. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's not really on Mississippi State. But if, if State did something like run him back out there in relief two days after a start, and he got hurt. Right. Th- then that's the kind of deal that that may hurt recruiting. But anyway, didn't mean to get off there, but that was just my thought as you described that. Right, right, right. Um, so like I said, again, Small's going no matter what on day two, and then Plumley and I imagine were a game, you know, a, a winner take all game to happen for Mississippi State, assuming State stays in the winners bracket. Uh, Brandon Smith is the guy, and that's a, you have to feel pretty good because. Plumley and Smith are probably going to be better than whoever comes out of the loser's bracket, fifth and sixth option. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too, a while ago, and I guess I, I never – I didn't get to that part, but Peyton Plumley's going to be pitching against someone's number four or number five guy on, on Sunday. You like that matchup. And, you know, same for whoever you throw out there on, on Monday. You, you still like when you couple the fact – regardless of who's starting, for Brandon Smith or whoever – I mean, State's got some darn good bullpen options that the other team you would think probably doesn't have. Right. State just has that depth that other teams don't. So, again, we mentioned it on yesterday's show. You feel like State's going to win on Friday. And, you know, that may be putting the cart before the horse a little bit, but, I mean, all things being equal, State should win on Friday. If they win that Saturday game and you're sitting at 2-0, and I mean, that's what everybody wants to do. State is sitting pretty, man. I just don't – I don't think that whoever they play would have the pitching depth or whatever to to win two games in a row against Mississippi. No, I agree. I agree with you. So I was a little surprised by Gim, but but I, I see the motivation sort of like it's. It was one of those things that at first I was like, I don't know if I agree with this, and then I thought about it for a few minutes. And I was like, I see the positives. Yeah, I see the positives for sure. So good move by Mississippi. I don't know if it's the best move, but I think it's a good move. Yeah, like you said, the only losing move was to pitch small. Yeah. And Anybody then, else you throw out there, I can I can make a, a case for. And the other thing with Ginn, too is, I mean, you're not playing. I think I tweeted this earlier on, on Thursday, but it's not like you're playing a nine and ten year old little league team. Yeah, you're you're playing against a team that beat LSU earlier in the year, and they only have to beat you to kind of screw up your. I don't want to say screw up your season because you got to lose twice in this regional, but if you lose that opener. You are in a heck of a mess yeah. for the rest of the weekend. You cannot afford to lose game one. And this is a team that has already beaten LSU on their home field this year. They only need to beat you once. And anything can happen in the game of baseball. Are you surprised game. that they're not throwing the guy who beat LSU? Yes. 
That's the biggest surprise of all this. I mean, you're probably, how did, how, what is the thought process behind that? I, I, I don't think that there is a good thought process behind that because there's no it's not a rest issue they haven't played in i think 11 days because southern's only path to winning this regional i would think is to beat mississippi Mississippi state win the sucker in three games yeah (laughs) that's their path to winning a regional and when you're playing the one seed you should throw your one that that's just it's, my it's, thought, but it's a, the guy they're throwing has a seven ERA. You're going to throw that guy against this lineup? That said, maybe they have something in the scouting report and they're like state. The only thing I can think, you remember? Against. I think I think it may have been against Valley. I can't remember who it was, but they threw that soft tossing guy who he was topping out about 80, yeah. 81, and state struggled with him for a few innings. That Valley was at Pine Bluff. I can't remember. I can't remember who. It was. I think I'm pretty sure it was Valley. And state struggled with that guy, and you know they 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 got hold of him late, obviously when they they and he had to come out. I think he threw like 115 pitches, so maybe they're thinking this guy. Look, he throws off speed junk, and can we get to can we get to Gin, and then maybe you know in the fifth or sixth inning we could bring the other guy in and take it from there. Maybe that's that is legit the only way I can I can rationalize it in my head. Yeah. So let's time to do some uh, some some playmakers here. Who's the guy this weekend? Who is the guy being on the mound? I want you. To, I just want one. Yeah. Who's the guy? Who's the most outstanding player of the Starkville Regional? Ethan Small. Just a guy who's going to play one time. Uh, but that. But that. It's because. And, and I. It's another one of those situations where I feel like I may be beating the dead horse. But state, I feel like is almost assuredly going to win on Friday. The the tipping point of this regional is game two for state. If they win on Friday and they play that Saturday game against either Miami or Central Michigan, <clears throat> whoever it is, that is the tipping point of this regional. And if Ethan Small wins that game and State is two and zero, State's winning this regional. You know, that, and I don't think anybody's beaten them twice. So, to me, assuming that State takes care of Southern, and I expect them to. Ethan Small start that game against Miami or Central Michigan is the tipping point of the regional. And so who else would you rather have on the mound than the SEC pitcher of the year that's had maybe the best season in the history of Mississippi State? And he hadn't had a bad start all year. I don't expect that to start this weekend. And uh, it would shock me if it did. And he is a, he's a gamer, man. He's a thinker. He's a competitor. I just I foresee Ethan Small going out there and having a big day on Saturday and and pitching Mississippi State into that championship game on Sunday. So, I, I that's the that game is the tipping point though. If he if he doesn't perform there and State ends up in a situation where they have to win twice on Sunday and again on Monday, I'm not saying they can't do that, but that's that's a tall task. And so I, I just think Ethan Small start is the biggest thing of this regional. Right. So I'll go with Ethan Small. I'm going to go with somebody at the plate, and I'm going to go with State's, the guy who's been State's best hitter over the last month, and that's Tanner Allen. Uh, but this is sort of a if-then statement. If Jake Mangum gets things going, which I fully expect to happen, that sets the table for Tanner Allen. Uh, and for a guy who's driving the ball to the outfield the way he is, that's going to be RBI opportunities for him. Uh, by the way, I don't know if I've mentioned this or not. In Hoover, this nice lady stopped me. I, I, I forget her name was. I'm so sorry I forgot your name, ma'am. Uh, but she was like, you know one of the reasons I like you? You say RBI as a plural. It's not RBIs. I was like, ma'am, you are preaching to the choir, but thank you. We had a little moment there. But uh, I, I think that's going to set up some – so I, I see Tanner Allen being a big bat in, in this in this regional. He's, he's just smoking hot right now. He's locked in. Even his outs are ripped. 
He's sort of he is sort of where Westberg was at the beginning of the season, where even when Westberg would get out, it was just a line shot that somebody was lucky to get a glove on. Yeah, a uh, couple things. One, Tanner Allen is one of those guys that you almost hate that it's been a week since Mississippi State played. You would have liked for him to just keep playing a game every other day or every day or something like that to keep that swing and that stroke up. You, whereas Jake and, and Westy probably needed a break. Tanner Allen, you wished he could have just kept right on hit. So we'll, we'll hope that that you know continues for his sake. But I, you mentioned Westberg too. There's a section of Mississippi State's game notes that mention the hardest hit balls all year. Yeah, and, and Westy, he's got them all. Westy's still like the top six or seven on yeah. that list. He may have had every, the hardest hit ball in Hoover. The think, foul ball that he hit and then went foul. Well, here's every one of those mm-hmm. six or seven that lead the chart were mm-hmm. all like mid March and before. Yeah, every he's, he's not seen the ball single. As well one of them. But he figures it out, and that's a good thing. Yep. We're going to do a little different on the predictions here. You ready? Let's go. Here we go. Day one. State versus Southern. State. Central Michigan versus Miami. Uh, it's tough for me to just, and I know I'm probably a victim of the uniform here. I'm, I'm going to say Miami. I'm telling you, I'm going to go Central Michigan. They're, 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 they, 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 I won't be completely surprised if they make this interesting for State. But So we got State, and I have Central Michigan, you have Miami. So Day two, who gets eliminated for you? Uh, Southern. Southern, okay. And then the winner's bracket, you've got? State. Okay, I've got Miami and State. All right, so now one more day, Central Michigan and uh, Miami. Um, I'll say Miami. Just again, I'm a victim of the uniform problem. I will say Miami at this point because I figure their third starter is probably better than Central Michigan's yeah. third starter. So then State-Miami to finish it. I think State wins it on Sunday. So State goes 3-0 and in both of our brackets. I, I think so. I agree. I agree with you. But I'm telling you right now, <coughs> and I, I hate to do this, but there is, to me anyway, just to me, there's a, and they're not the same team because that Tennessee Tech last year team that Ole Miss, they had some pop. This team doesn't have so much, but they're an interesting team. They got good pitching. And I don't know if you've seen this or not, if you listen to the interview I did with Austin Chastain from Central Michigan. They've stolen 88 bases this year. They are an aggressive, aggressive team. And just from watching you guys, I obviously wasn't at the press conference on Thursday, but you guys were, and Logan tweeted about this. I think you may have too. They are loose. That's a loose, confident, and that is a recipe for a one seed to have a problem. Well, look, man, if you're a Central Michigan, you've got nothing or a to lose. Southern, you're playing, you're playing like with that. all house money. Yeah, you come in here and you're you're, you're playing in front of 13, 14, 15,000 people. Yeah. You never really done that before. Nobody expects you to win. I mean, you, we talked. We spent all of yesterday's show talking about the pressure on Mississippi State. There ain't no any pressure. pressure. There, there's not. If I had to rank ounce. pressure, I would actually rank Miami first. Miami because there was so much talk about. Oh, they should have hosted. They should have hosted. If they go two and done, they look like idiots. They look like chumps. <laughs> then state. Then probably Southern because they're playing state first, and then Central Michigan. So that's how I would rank the pressure rankings uh, for this. But they got a, they got a whiff of friskiness that I don't like. But we'll see where it takes us. I'm not I'm not too worried about that. State state in three is how I'm going to see this and head it off to the uh, to super regional. All right, Joel and I will see you at the ballpark, which, like we said, could be just very soon from now. Uh, Bulldogs and Jaguars, twelve noon first pitch. Hydrate, guys. I don't mean drink beer. You can drink beer at the ballpark. Before you get to the ballpark, drink some water. By God. Get yourself ready. It's going to be a long day at the ballpark, especially if you're staying for both games. I don't know if you are or not, but if you plan to, you need to prepare for that. So be safe. Enjoy baseball, and we'll see you around the ball yard. Feel free, like Joel said, if you see us and you like the podcast, you want to tell us about it, man, we love to hear it. We, we like compliments. We, 
I'm not getting any at home, so might as well get them out there. <laughs> Have a great weekend for Bulldog Baseball at Duty Noble Field. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.